I hired someone who sat down and made a list of every single veterinary association, state, local, national, and veterinary meeting. And then we made up something called a one sheet. And the one sheet basically has my author photo and my little bio and pictures of my books and, you know, then different topics that I can speak on. You can either mail that or you can email it. And, you know, when somebody looks at a one sheet and they go, oh, look, she's got multiple published books. There's so much more credibility that, hey, here's somebody who owns a veterinary practice and wants to talk to you. So it just, it opens doors. Grab a cup of coffee, a notepad and a pen. Coffee's for closers only. It's time to talk marketing. Stick around, pal. I still got a lot to teach you. Each week, we bring you some of the best marketing conversations with entrepreneurs who are outthinking, outperforming, and out-earning their competition. Go be the money! No frills, no fluff. And now your host, Jonathan Taylor. All right, welcome back to the show this week. I'm your host, Jonathan Taylor. Today, we're talking about self-publishing as it relates to marketing your business, your practice. As you know, I've had a number of people in the past who have talked about the um, opportunities in self-publishing as a uh, business marketing tool. Self-publishing is a very powerful way to gain exposure. And today, I have a a guest who's going to be sharing about her experience in uh, self-publishing. I have Dr. Judy Morgan. She is an author, speaker, and a holistic veterinarian. She's written and published three books in the last two years. She's a sought-after blogger, speaker, consultant on uh, difficult cases. You can find her over at drjudymorgan.com. And uh, Dr. Judy, thanks so much for joining me today. No problem. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah. Anytime somebody talks about how they have used self-publishing, I preach this a lot, is is, uh, using, taking your experience and your knowledge as an expert in your industry and really putting that in the form of a book. And today, where we have uh, print on demand and all of these platforms where we can publish without needing a traditional publisher, it makes it a whole lot easier. You went that route Instead of going, you went through a self-publishing route instead of going through a traditional publisher, and I want to talk about that. But uh, before we begin, maybe we can talk about your experience as a veterinarian, how long you have been doing this, some of your background, and uh, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Well, I graduated from veterinary college 32 years ago, so wow. I've been doing this for a while. And um, in the early 90s, I switched over from doing traditional practice, Mm -hmm. uh, got more into doing uh, holistic medicine, which made a huge difference. And we're seeing so many changes in the veterinary industry and in the the career as a whole right now, and a lot more corporate medicine and and really a lot of changes. And having a niche and something that makes you stand out has made a huge difference. And luckily for me, since I enjoy the holistic medicine so much, that's really been my brand and my niche for the for the past 20 years. And uh, we started doing the holistic medicine before it was kind of cool to be doing holistic medicine. Right, right. So that made a, a really big difference for us. And um, I really enjoy it. I have an associate who uh, practices holistic medicine and does all the same things that I do. We do acupuncture, chiropractic, herbals. And food therapy is my my real niche, and that's what's really made me so popular. 
are there more veterinarians who are moving towards the the holistic mindset of of treating animals and not using a lot of the you know pharmaceutical medicines and and doing things more naturally? The majority of veterinarians are still sticking with traditional and pharmaceuticals and prescription diets and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But uh, what I am seeing more and more of is there are more clients that are seeking alternative therapies because people are kind of going that way a little bit for themselves, and it's becoming a lot more popular. What happens in a lot of traditional practices is that they'll send one doctor who has an interest to learn how to do acupuncture or to learn how to do chiropractic. And so they'll usually have one person in the practice who does something that's a little bit different. But because that one person who might have a more holistic mindset is then pigeonholed in that practice where everybody else is traditional, they don't end up, you know, really being a holistic doctor or being able to practice truly holistic medicine because nobody kind of stands behind them in the practice. People come to me and they'll say, oh, you know, I came for acupuncture or chiropractic. And I'll say, well, you do realize the practice that you came from, which is five miles away, has someone there who does that. And they say, oh, really? I had no idea. Nobody told me. <laughs> right. Because they just, they treat that as a, oh, yes, we also have this, yeah. but they don't really oh, emphasize. Oh, yeah. It's like if somebody specifically asks, they might say, oh, oh yeah, we have somebody who does that once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. Um, yeah. So you've written, you've been writing for quite some time now. You've been a, uh, you've been a blogger. You've been a speaker. Prior to speaking and blogging, uh, or prior to to speaking and publishing your books, had you already been writing? Is that something that you were doing within within the industry? Is just kind of really getting this information out prior to that? You know, for me, what really brought about a lot of the changes was social media. We've always had, for my practices, my my Dr. Judy Morgan website is uh, really about me and my speaking and educating people um, through that uh, platform. We have a separate website for the practices that's kind of the more local stuff. And so that has been active for quite some time. I would say probably for the you know the past 10 years, we've had a good website, with, and I did blogging through mm-hmm. that, which... I don't even blog to my practice website anymore. You know, right. if you go look at that blog, you're like, oh, she hasn't posted it since 2010. I'm like, oh, you don't feel like another direction. Right. Um, and so our, you know, our practice website is, has been active, and I did some blogging for some different news media, you know, kind of dabbling a little bit. But it really wasn't until the first book was published that I really kind of started going crazy with um, media and publicity and the social media and really trying to get the, the word out there. So wait, you published your first book, was that three years ago? It was August of 2014. Okay. So obviously all three of your books have been self-published. Um, and yeah. so you chose, if you could share kind of why you chose to self-publish instead of a lot of authors are faced with or people that are in a similar situation are trying to decide, should I go with a traditional publisher? Should I go with a, a small vanity press? Or should I just go do it myself? And I tell people a lot of times, and I don't know if this is how you feel, but I feel like with the the technologies that we have today with print on demand and, and having this so available to us that we can print as many copies as we want at a time and don't have to use, you know print ten, you know thousands and thousands of books um, there is a huge benefit to that. Um, the bottom line is you still have to, regardless if you go through publishing or self-publishing, you know, if you go through a traditional route or if you self-publish, you still at the end of the day have to market that book. So why not do it yourself? <laughs> right. 
Yeah, I, you know, I've learned so much in the whole process. My, my first book I actually wrote in 2013, um, and it was kind of funny how it came about. I was uh, part of a social media group on Facebook mm-hmm. that had to do with Cavalier King Charles Spaniels and, you know, a big rescue group and whatever. And so they kept asking me questions, and I kept answering all their questions about how to feed their animals appropriately and holistic medicine and and all of that. And somebody finally said, you know, you should write all this down somewhere because, you know, new people would join, and they'd ask questions that had already be answered, and I, you know, have to go through it again. And so I said, oh, I should write it down somewhere. Okay. Well, I started writing it down, and then it turned into a book. And so at the end of the year, I was sitting there with this basically – holistic handbook on how to, you know, raise your, your animals correctly. Right. And then, you know, I, I said, well, now what do I do with this? You know, it's, it's a book, but I don't know what to do. And so I, I looked at a couple of other holistic veterinarians who had written books. And so I got, I bought their books and mm-hmm. looked at where they had had them published. And one was through Archway and Archway is sort of a, a self-publishing branch of Simon and Schuster, I think. Yeah. Um, and so I, I contacted Archway, and it took me about a year to even get to that process. And, you know, and I kept changing the book and tweaking it. And finally, my husband said, you know, if you don't ever hit send, <laughs> you're never going to get this thing out there to people. And so I finally just, you know, hit send, sent it to Archway. I spent a ton of money. I didn't know what I was doing, so I hired them to do everything. I had, you know, I had already sure. had it edited by two, two private people who, uh-huh. who were editors who just offered to do it because they were friends. And then I, you know, I got scared, and so I hired Archway's editor as well. And then I, you know, hired their cover design people. Mm-hmm. And I just, I went through a lot. And then, being very naive, I also bought a ton of books. You know, not even thinking about the whole, you know, you can print on demand, and you can, you know, buy them 15 at a time. Oh, no, didn't do it that way. <laughs> just about to get her first book out right and you know i've given her so much information i'm like all right you can learn from my mistakes you do not have to spend thirty thousand dollars to get this book absolutely on somebody's table and uh, so i you know i was pretty naive uh although the the final book that came out was very nice well done i was very very pleased with it um but the two books that followed the second one i had a, a co-author and um she was more computer savvy than I am, so she put it all in through CreateSpace, and we did it that way. The third one, I, my husband and I did together, um, and we used Ingram Sparks to do that one, which is another mm-hmm. publishing. But we actually hired someone who was really very reasonably priced, and she got everything into Ingram Sparks for us and um, did the layout and the formatting with it because it's a book, it's a recipe book, so it's got a ton of pictures. And uh, so she was very, very helpful with that. And it wasn't that expensive and it saved us a lot of aggravation because we're not, you know, we're not savvy in doing that sort of stuff. Yeah. So we got that one out really very reasonably and I was much happier with doing it that way. Well, so at that point you, you knew what the steps that needed to be done, but you put, you had somebody right. in place that kind of really took, took control of that and that you trusted right. to, to walk you through that. And I think Ingram Spark, that's right. a great, uh, that's a great publisher as well. Yeah. So we've done very well with them. And I have to say that, third, I mean, we're getting better at it. The third book, we got that out in from start to finish less than 90 days. Wow. Less than 90 days. That's incredible. <laughs> 
Now, and that yeah, was the. So that the, one was great. Was that the now? There's one from needles to to natural. Is that the latest from one? Needles to natural. That's the first one. Okay. All right. Um, and that's you know that's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and whatever. Uh, only online, not in physical bookstores. And then the second one was what's for dinner, Dexter, cooking for your dog using Chinese medicine theory. The third one is Canine Kitchen Capers. And because I, I've, I've been working with media people and marketing people, with that one, we knew how to do the launch. And so we did a soft launch, and then we did a big launch, and we drove it to number one sales in two categories on Amazon. So, you know, all of a sudden you can say, well, now I have a number one bestseller. And it, it, once you know how to do it and you know right. the steps to take, it's not that hard. Yeah. So what were some of those things, if you don't mind sharing, like for doing that, that people may not know, how do you position yourself as a number one seller on Amazon? In, in your case, how did you do that once you launched the book? So one of the things that you need to do is you need to have your social media platform up and running mm-hmm. long before the book comes out. And you need to start gathering followers and you need to start talking about whatever it is that you're going to talk about. And whether you're, um, you know, like my, I'm good with Facebook. So Facebook is my number one platform. So, you know, how you name your page, what do you want it to be your name? Do you want it to be the name of the book? If you already know what that's going to be, do you want it to be, you know, the topic of what the book is? You need to figure that out. And then you need to start, you know, making content. And one of the things that I discovered is when you just make a Facebook post, it disappears. If you write a blog, on a blogging platform and then post that blog on Facebook, it doesn't disappear. It's always right. searchable. It'll come up. So that was something that I learned over the years. And then I've done very inexpensive Facebook ads and I just let them run. I, I did a, a couple of them. I worked with somebody to figure out how to make a Facebook ad. And, you know, you always have to pick the cute picture that get it gets everybody to just be like, oh my God, that's so cute. I have to click on that. And you ask right. a question on the ad is always something that the answer is yes. You know their answer is yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I made a question, you know, do you want your dog to live forever? Well, you know they're going to say, if so, click here. <laughs> you know? And then there's a cute picture. So, you know people are going to click through. Absolutely. And, and I'm spending, I think, $5 a day. So $1,500 a year. Facebook page now has, uh, we're very close to 20,000 followers. And, you know, people are coming back, posting, asking questions. It drives them to my website. It drives them to my books. And, um, you know, we, we, on the new website, we set up a forum so people can ask questions. And, again, then it becomes searchable. So if somebody says, oh, my dog has osteosarcoma, I, you know, they can go into that forum and do a search. And Absolutely. They talk about osteosarcoma. Right. So I don't have to keep repeating things, which mm-hmm. is nice. Um, so, you know. Once you have that platform and everything that I do on Facebook, I have it linked so it automatically goes on my Twitter feed. So it's going out to multiple platforms at the same time. I think now you can link it to Instagram and everything. I don't do those things, but you can link it to everything. So you basically make one post and it just goes out on a lot of different platforms. And you, you want to start driving people and start getting them excited about, hey, we're working on this new book. I, you're going to love right. this one. You give them little kind of excerpts here and there. And so when you finally say, it's here, click here to order. And one of the mistakes I made with my first book is I said, I make more money if I sell the books myself. So if I buy them wholesale and then I sell them, I make more per book. The problem with that is it doesn't drive you up on Amazon. 
Correct. So with this book, we said, hey, you know, we're going to be smarter. We're going to, we're not sending people to my website to find a book at the beginning. We're sending people to Amazon to buy that book. And so you, you do the launch and you say, tomorrow's, the, you know, coming in one week, coming in six days. And you keep doing that and building people up and you get them kind of like worked up and sharing. I did a couple Facebook ads for that day that it was going to release. And so basically all you need to do is get enough buying power in one day to take you to number one. You only need to be number one for five minutes. Absolutely. That's all it takes. Yeah. And you have a number one best And you have a number, yeah, exactly. And you're targeting so a specific you, within Amazon because Amazon, if you think of as a, as a whole, you're not just going for books because you can right. target categories. And, uh, right. you know, they and have specific. And you need specific, to pick kind of obscure categories. Right, right. Absolutely. So, and when you go, like with Ingram Sparks, they allowed us to pick, I know, two or three categories that the book was going to be in. And so I, I did that and we, we were smart and, and a little bit lucky in picking our categories. And so, you know, like it was a cookbook, but to try to get to number one in cookbooks, that's a little tricky, you yes. know, because if, if some new paleo diet comes out, you know, that's going to always overshadow my little cookbook. But I actually put this one in veterinary medicine because it's written by a veterinarian. Drove it to number one in veterinary medicine. It doesn't have a whole lot to do with that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, pets and pet care, you know, sometimes it's a little easier to jump up in those. So you just need to pick your categories. And you can sit there. Basically, you want to search Amazon. Look for books that are, you know, just search the categories that you think your book might fall into and, you know, look at what books are in there and say, well, you know, that one doesn't look like, you know, look, that was the number one bestseller, but that they probably only sold 10 books. That's all it took to get right, to the top because right. it's sort of your category. Yep. That's all you need. So, you know, the important part here is you're talking in terms of, and I think people sometimes they, they mix this up and they get it backwards and they, what they do is they write their book and then they say, oh, you know what? I need to start selling. And then they try to build you know, a following and they start doing this, but what you're telling, what you're telling is, is that, you know, it's, it's really imperative that we, you know, really build that platform beforehand so that you have these, everyone in place that you can direct them to your Amazon the day of this book is published, it's released and they can go there and buy it. And that really does drive, you know, it shoots up your sales and uh, really does get you up in the list. And I love it. I love what you're doing because then that gives you the opportunity to, that book may stay up there for three weeks as a bestseller on Amazon. And it may, depending on the category, it may stay up there for a day or two, but you have the opportunity to, you know, screenshot, you know, screenshot that and really get, you know, show the rankings up there while it's up there. Because, um, because, but, but if you're in an obscure, more of a, uh, a niche type category that you can stay up there in. I think it's probably a lot easier with the following that you have at, you know, about 20,000 uh, likes on your page. It's probably a little bit easier to, to send people and, and to keep that category maintained at least up in the top 10, I would say listing with, uh, with Amazon. Right. Right. And, and I will say with my first book, I did not have my social media platform ahead of me. And so, you know, that one, you know, I've probably sold enough, for it to have been a number one bestseller at one point. However, I, you know, the sales kind of dribbled in because I did not have a social media platform up and running. And I also made the mistake of saying, I'd rather drive people to my website to buy the right. book instead of driving them to Amazon right. to buy the book, which, and it depends, you know, what are you looking for? You know, I will tell you that 99% of the people are never going to sell a million books. They're never going to get rich selling their book. You get rich from what comes out of 
having the book out there. In my case, it's driving clients to me. It's driving phone consultations to me from all over the world. It's driving people into my office and it's getting me speaking engagements. So, you know, that's where you're, you're going to build your reputation and make more money than you are on the book itself. The book is just sort of a, a opens a door. It opens a door. It's a lead. It's a generate a lead generation tool or a, a branding tool to promote, you know, to promote you as the author and, and also your practice. So, uh, right. but the, there's been a, another benefit to this. And I, I would, from my understanding, it's you've you're now doing a lot of seems like you're doing a, a lot of paid speaking engagements. Um, is this a direct result of the book or were you doing these before the book or how has the, the book opened those doors for you? <laughs> nope, it's all a direct result of the book. That's fantastic. Um, and I'm actually I, I spoke at a state veterinary conference. Um, a couple weeks ago, and I never would have gotten that. And I'm actually speaking at a national veterinary conference. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, my platform, I really, I, I'm, I'm a little bit anti-veterinarian because I'm anti their traditional stuff. Exactly. And for me to get invited to speak at a national <laughs> veterinary conference and actually have to talk to veterinarians, I mean, I, you know, I'm biting my nails going, oh my God, you know, I have to be really careful what I say. And, um, you know, the first thing, I was glad I had the state one before I got the national one because, you know, it actually went over really well and I was, you know, you just have to phrase things a little differently, but I, like tonight I'm speaking at a national dog show and, so for that, you know, I'm speaking to the pet owner. So I, I can right. be pretty you can, Yeah, like, you can say okay, a little more. <laughs> you need to avoid this and you need to avoid that. And, you know, and I can, I can be right. a, a little more open about yeah. what I'm really trying to do. Um, but, you know, even if I'm speaking to veterinarians, if I can get them to at least think about doing things a little or look at, you know, is there another way and maybe open the door a little bit to me that that's still I'm getting my message out there. So how did a lot of these organizations that come across your book? Is it was it through Amazon? Was it through? No, <laughs> actually, what happened is uh, because I've been working with some media consultants and stuff, um, I, I hired someone who sat down and made a list of every single veterinary association, state, local, national, right. and veterinary meeting. And then we made up something called a one sheet. And the one sheet basically has my, my author photo and my little bio and pictures of my books and, you know, then different topics that I can speak on. And so we, you know, had a very nice professional, it's called a one sheet. It's a right. one page. Right. And you can either mail that or you can email it. So I hired this person, you know, inexpensively to put together that list of all those people. And then she emailed every one of those, my one sheet. And, you know, when somebody looks at a one sheet and they go, oh, look, she's got multiple published books. There's so much more credibility than, hey, here's somebody who owns a veterinary practice and wants to talk to people. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So it just, it opens doors. And, you know, those people aren't going to bother to look to see, you know, is this a self-published book? Was this published by, you know, Simon & Schuster or, you know, some, some random house? Was it somebody big? They don't know. They don't really care. There's just, there's credibility there. Yeah. Yeah, they could um, so, care less if it's a big name publisher. And nowadays, unless it's really, you know, if you, unless it's with a really huge publisher, like uh, say for instance Tom and Thomas Nelson or or some of these other pu- big name publishers, it really, I don't see the huge benefit. And I tell people, I I really don't see the benefit of these uh, smaller vanity 
uh, press outside of, you know, some, you know, maybe some of the services that they can incorporate, like, you know, layout design and things like that. But nowadays, as you mentioned earlier, you can have that done through uh, people that you can find um, that are freelancers that you can find that do uh, fantastic work or people that you know. Right. And it's funny, we ended up making our own publishing company when we put out the last book. Oh, fantastic. And so we now have 36 Paul's Press. That's fantastic. I love that. So now you're not only you not only have published the books, now you own the business, you know, the the publishing right. company so now behind we, that. We own our quote publishing company. And so we bought like 10 ISBN numbers. because right. We have a lot of other books that we want to publish mm-hmm. that are in the works. So we just said, well, you know, now they will all come out under that. And now we are basically our own little vanity press. I love that. I love that. Now you mentioned a real quick, a one sheet that that kind of is a, a one sheet really gives the background details on you as an author and, and the books that you've published. Correct. So it's not, it's not really lengthy. Right. It's just, it, and no, people, it's, it's one page right. and it's in color and it's, you know, you want it to be really bright and stand out. Absolutely. And, um, you know, and you want to, like, I have colors that are part of my brand. So you want to figure out what your brand is, what your colors are, and you're going to use those in your banners, on your website. So everything has to, you know, you need to brand yourself is what you're really branding. And so that's why my Facebook page is Judy Morgan DBM. My website is drjudymorgan.com. And everything is branded under that. I'm branding me. I'm not, you know. I should be branding my vet practice, maybe, except that my goal is to retire from that at some point, but be me and right. be selling me. So I am my own brand. But I think and I think you're that's very smart because your name will be tied to your vet practice. I mean, so people that typically right. search for you are going to find your, your practice anyway. Right. And one consultant said to me, you know, when you're going to speak somewhere, they're not hiring Clayton Veterinary Association, no. they're not hiring naturally healthy pets. Right. They are hiring Judy Morgan. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so you, you need to have your name on there. If you want to be a speaker, yep. you've got to brand you. People out there, I'm sure that there's other, you know, maybe other veterinarians, but there are other business owners, practice owners that are thinking, yeah, I'd like to write a book, but I'm so busy. <laughs> you know, I hear this a lot. I'm so busy with my own business that I really don't have time to sit down and self-publish or write a book on the side. I know it could be beneficial. What would you tell them in terms of time? Because you're busy too. I mean, here you are. You run a practice. and <laughs> I run two practices. Yeah, actually. you've got two practices, <laughs> and um, but it didn't stop you. So, I mean, any tips or any uh, suggestions <laughs> you would give to someone who says, you know what, time's a, a very a, a big factor. I just don't have the time. So, I, I actually have a few different ways you can do it um so for my first book we were actually having we our kitchen was being redone actually our whole house was being redone and so one of us had to stay home and babysit the we have nine dogs one of us had to babysit the dogs while the construction people were there so i i had taken for about a month i said i was going to work late every day and i went in two hours late and so those two hours every morning i would just sit there and write and babysit the dogs while i listened to hammering And so that's how I wrote the first part. But then when it came time to really write the book and polish it and make it publishable, I took two weeks off from work, rented a condo in Southern California. And because I was on West Coast time and my body was still on East Coast time, I got up at three o'clock every morning and I told myself that I would, because, you know, that was six o'clock East Coast. And I told myself I would write for eight hours and then I could do whatever I wanted for the rest of the day. 
So for 14 days straight, I sat at my desk, did my research, and from 3 to 11, I would write. And then from 11 to 6, we'd go to the beach or do whatever it is that we wanted to do. Wonderful. We did that for two weeks. And at the end of two weeks, I had a book. Now, the another way to do it is the, uh, the last book that we did, we requested stories from other people. It's basically stories that were submitted by other people. And then all I had to do was mm. edit them and yep. then put the recipes with it. So that was a you know an easy way. It's like well everybody else just gave me the information and, I, and that's you know that's why it was less than ninety days. Right. <laughs> um, but I also looked at a system where you can speak your book, and so you basically mm-hmm. you know walk around and talk into a recorder, and then there's actually a business where you send it into them, and they type it all out and format it and do all of that, and you get it back and you proofread it and go hey look at that I have a book all I had to do was talk. Because a lot of people don't realize they can transcribe a lot of what they if they speak, and Right. I, you know, you already speak on a regular basis. I tell people a lot of times you should record it, it, at every opportunity, record what you speak, you know, conferences or anything that e- yeah. any events that you speak at, because that's content that can be repurposed uh, for a Absolutely. book or for an audio or for some other product that you may be putting out or some other yeah. report that you may be putting out. Exactly. And one, one person, one consultant said to me, you know, you're in your practice all day long. You need content for your social media. Mm-hmm. Take out your phone, record three minutes of one client that you see or one uh, consultation that you do or one piece of advice that you give. Just every day, three to five minutes, boom, you've got a video to put on your your website, your Facebook, whatever. And it's just little tips, you know, and and that's what gets people engaged. Absolutely. and And then all of a sudden it's like, look, I did 300 tips this year. I have a book. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> it, it adds up. It really does. I mean, all of all of yep. that little bit of content can over time add up that you can you can definitely utilize in so many different ways. And I love the the second book. What you did was using stories. I I like I term that collaborative publishing. But you know, using those stories and the efforts of of uh, people that would submit you know stories or examples into your book that you can use that. And that's a great way to get a book out in a short time. That's very informative that people want to read. People love stories anyway. Right. Well, and the great thing about that is, let's say you include 40 stories people submitted, right. you have 40 more people marketing for you because everybody wants their friends to, in the book. That's a great point because <laughs> a lot of the people are never that are in the book are never going to have are never going to be publishing their own book. They, they love right. the thought and the fact that they're in a book that's about to come out. They want to share that with the people that are on their list and say, hey, you know, you, you got to check this out and they're going to get people to buy. So, yep, exactly. Well, I love that. You've shared some really great stories. And I, so on that last book, did you use some of the speak, some of the transcriptions, um, editing on that, on the the latest book that you've done? No, I didn't. Um, it's funny. I, I, I kind of went through the, you know, the course and talked to the person right. that was, we, I was offered some free training in it. And, um, you know, as I looked at it, I was like, you know what, this doesn't really work for what I'm doing for this particular book. Sure. But I am writing a fiction book. Mm. And I thought, you know what, and so particularly a book where you have conversation, because what happens when you sit down to type that out, you're so busy, worried about your where your quotation marks and your commas and your capitals and right. where you need to break stuff. Right. You'll, you'll go back and rewrite that page 20 times and never move forward. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're speaking it, that's where it can be really, really helpful if you're Absolutely. doing conversation. Absolutely. So I, I think depending on the type of book that you're writing, that the, the spoken book, you know, can be can work better for different types. Yeah. And for different people. It just depends what your writing style is. Now for me, 
go write eight hours a day for two weeks works great. Yep. Other people might say, you know what, I can do 45 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day every day. I can commit to that. For me, it takes me 30 minutes to get my computer turned, chair adjusted. <laughs> you know? Right. Well, <laughs> well, I'd never get anything done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> well, this has been fantastic. I really love talking to somebody like this that that's self-publishing, that uh, where you're out there, you're publishing books, and you're seeing the rewards from that, from uh, you know speaking and also being able to uh, really brand your practice in the same sense. And I really think you've done a fantastic job. And I want people to find out uh, to visit your site, and people can find out more by visiting uh, your website. And I would say your main website is Dr. Judy Morgan. Dot com is where they can find more about your books and uh, more about your story and your background and find if they want to find more information and also where you're speaking. Yep, you got it. <laughs> Very good. Well, Judy, this has been fantastic. She is uh, Dr. Judy Morgan. And again, you can find her at drjudymorgan.com. And uh, I really do appreciate your time today. This has been a fantastic interview. Thank you very much. All right. Have a great weekend. 